Welcome to the Eclectic Gamers Podcast. Today is Sunday, January 22nd. This is episode 185. I'm Tony. And I'm Dennis. And things are going pretty well. It snowed. It, it, it did, but the roads look great. Yeah, no, it, it was like 40 yesterday, There's not, and there wasn't enough snow to get mm-hmm. it cold. It was just enough to make everything pretty. Yeah, and I know we've been, uh, currently we're both planning uh, to try and attend for the Pinball Awards at the Flippin' Out Theater in Evansville, Indiana. So I've been watching the extended forecast, which is looking fine, so I don't think weather will be This is fine. It's fine. And, of course, we can't look so far ahead uh, to know what the weather will be like for your polar plunge, but... Wow, you listeners really stepped up. Yeah, you did. There was quite a response. Uh, I well over my goal. Thank you very much. Uh, I have. I had it somewhere. I lost it. I was going to copy all the things over, and I never ended up doing it. Oh, the the names of the, the names over. But I can get it. You can just get it. A you, second. Can do, you can get it now, or you can do it on the next episode because we still got a lot. Yeah, we'll of time. do. It, I'll do it. I'll do it on the next. Episode. Yeah, because. Because I, I, I meant to copy them all over to my notes, and then I didn't. You've so. been thinking about uh, expanding your uh, I've been stretch goal. I've been stretch I've goal. been thinking about making a stretch goal. the the way The way this falls, we'll have this episode, and then we'll have one more episode, and then two weeks after that, we record the day after the plunge. Mm-hmm. If you don't have the pneumonias, if I don't have the pneumonias, well, in that case, Dennis will still record it. I'll just be dead. You know, it's fine. You'll be dead. Yes, that, that's uh, that's what my spouse thinks is going to happen. But it's, I told her there's EMTs there. It's fine. Yeah, this is for, it's for a good cause. It's for a good cause. I mean, if I help people out, and my heart stops. It's okay. Mm-hmm. That's so, to shock you back. They'll shock Thunk. me back. And then I can get to I, I get to say that I've been that I have a shocking personality. Yes. yes. <laughs> Very clever. But uh, yeah, no, I've been I've been thinking about. A couple of possible stretch goal ideas to help push that on a little farther. Uh, if you have an idea for a stretch goal, send it in. Yes, eclecticgamerspodcast at gmail.com. I'll, I'll hold to put any of those until that last episode so mm-hmm. we can push over the last, yes. the last hump, as so, it were. So stay tuned. But if you want to give now, I am including the link in the show notes, again, just like last episode, so people can quickly go and, and donate. Just because it shows on the site that he's hit his target amount, it does allow you to still go. And yes. Special Olympics Kansas is still... The overall polar plunge is well short of its total target goal. It is. Because I think they're targeting like $65,000, and I don't believe they're even halfway there. I don't think so. Not, so, like, not, not when I checked a few days ago. So think of the athletes, folks, and, and give deep. Reach in those pockets. Well, you know, do a digital. We don't actually want yeah, I, like, I, quarters I, yeah, and stuff I, sent I, in because that's it takes too, mail takes too long. It's Yeah, it's tedious. And with what they charge per weight anymore, it'd be, uh, it'd be probably more expensive to mail. Mm. mail it then just to yeah that's a good yeah. point so other than that what's been going on over the last couple of weeks not nothing really worth talking about okay. it has been i've been playing the same games i've been watching the same shows for the most part i've been uh uh i i'm in the final push i'm almost done with my dark tower reread i would have been done but i've only been reading like during lunch breaks at work so i've only been reading short snippets at a time um one thing, one thing that did come up, I don't know, you, you, you listeners, you might have been able to hear it last week, uh, there was this high-pitched keening scream 
that circled all over the country. And um, that was the souls of all of the Halo fans dying as they saw what a good television adaptation of a video game could be uh, like. I heard about this, yes. yes. Uh, because the first episode of The Last of Us was everything a video game adapt- adaptation could want to be. Hmm. Okay, so you've you've seen it. I've seen it. And you like it. I like it. Nice. It, it, was, it was really good. It was really... I'm not one of the deep lore people of that game series. Have you played that series? I've played the first one. Okay. I did not complete it because I'm a loser and I don't complete games. <laughs> but I've played the first one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Okay. No, I... I do not have the giant list of completions like you do when it comes to games because I have a very bad course of while playing a game going, this is great fun. I've been, ha- oh, shiny. I, that That's my, there's a reason my Steam completion list is lots and lots of, uh, of games played, not very many of them fully completed because I get dis- distracted by the shiny. So, but no, I... Even without it being a video game tie-in, it was a really well-done show. And somehow, Pedro Pascal is now in like two major nerd things airing at the same time. Yes. Good luck for his time schedule trying to get everything done. Mm-hmm. It's a good thing with Mando. He doesn't actually have to be there 99% of the time. That's right. They can put anybody in the That's seat. right. We don't know. We don't know. He just has to do the voiceover. Just emote. Just copy emote like how he would emote. Just copy. Just, yeah. <laughs> he just goes into the little voice actor booth. One time, does all 10 episodes, and he's done. Yeah. And then he has to show up maybe you know five or six times when he takes his helmet off. Yeah, because they're probably going to let him do that a little bit more. Yeah. He still takes his helmet off less than Master Chief did. Uh, yes. <laughs> there was an entire episode because I watched all of Halo because it was such a train wreck. I gave up. I no. Oh, I was like, I'm gonna, I want to relish this. <laughs> I haven't seen a TV series be this, especially one that got to have a uh, greenlit for a second season that was this bad. And just just to watch the like the corporate Hollywood decision making that you would thought we would move past from the 1980s is like every assumption, like people can't sympathize with anything of it. There's not a human there. And, you know, let's have this sub, this weird subplot, which, because it involves, you know, a, a younger person. And so, you know, cause you need to be able to identify with a younger person. Master Chief's too old. You can't identify with him. And then let's change his personality and just all of this stuff. And there was one episode where he didn't wear the helmet at all. And it was one of my favorite episodes because there was a part where, they had the helmet like on a shelf and they like 360 zoom and panned Michael Bay style around the helmet because it's so iconic. Like, Oh, we got a show. People might be disconnecting that this is halo. So let's show the helmet just on a shelf and focus on it. (laughs) Like as a, instead of uh, how uh, Steven Spielberg sometimes like in a, in a sex scene would pan the camera to a fireplace. Right. This was okay. Well, we're kind of getting non halo. So let's pan to a helmet. Not on any person, though. We got to see all those actors, we, right? You know, otherwise, we can't sympathize with them. So, anyway, I, I don't. I do. I will never understand the people coming in and going, "Wow, this is a hugely popular thing," and there's millions and millions and millions and millions of people who love this, and the story is loved, and it's great. Well, let's throw all that away because there's no way people are like that. <laughs> it was, you know, we'll see if they make changes. Um, 
based off of, but again, it was still very successful. So, and it was greenlit. Uh, you know, it just depends if they bring in new writer. I think that would be what it would take. They need to bring in new writers and it, it can't be, there needs to be some creative control in the hands of an actual creative on that and make it, right. it just feels very corporate. So, but nice to hear that the last of us is not like that. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I mean, it could be like that. It was one episode. I mean, well, it was like a two hour episode, but so many hours. It was great. I enjoyed it. Excellent. Well, uh, I have not been doing a whole lot, but before I get into what I've been doing, let me thank our latest uh, Patreons. Oh, I did get a query about this. Uh, someone wanted to know about, you know, well, what if you don't want to be thanked on the podcast? Well, uh, and that's fine. All you have to do is send a message. when Once you're in Patreon, there's a little messenger tool. You can use that or you can send an email and just say, hey, yeah, I just joined Patreon. Please don't read my name out because some people don't like that. So anyway, we're up to 45 total, and I want to thank Carrie, who joined in at our basic support level. Awesome. So we're still 15 away, Tony, from the next 5K threat. So I told you it was going to be a while because we've slowed way up That's fine. on the number of I'm people okay willing, with this. Willing, to join, willing to join Patreon. But if you are interested, if you want to push the limits of Tony, you can always go to patreon.com slash eclectic underscore gamers, and there are several support tier options available, and we thank you very much. See, for me... 2022 was the year of the 5k and i am attempting to make 2023 not the year of the 5k i'm trying to find something else so i'm polar plunging i don't know i'll find something else to do uh, your daughter though it's so important to her that you find i know it is so important she to doesn't her. care she, you polar plunge i know it is. She's not a water baby. And She's I've, a runner baby. I've 5K'd with her twice. Yes. So that's... That's that, 10 that, whole K. That's that's 10 whole K, That and 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 I'm I'm going to take some time off. Yes. Until I'm forced to. Yes. Or 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 I get enough puppy dog eyes that I just can't stand it, and I'm forced yes. to. You know, whatever happens. Yes. But being forced to from, uh, at least from the podcast perspective, it's going to be... It looks like it's going to be... A, don't worry. You're going to get plenty of rest. Good. So uh, aside from the Patreon stuff, I did sell my firepower. I had that listed. Oh, gosh, I think I listed it over a month ago. I'd been meaning to sell that for quite a while because I have Sinbad now, and I wanted to move firepower along. I looked at my records because I was like, when did I get that? I've had that's one had of my for a long time. 2016 was when wow. I bought that game. So I picked it up quite a while ago. Uh, and I think the uh, the new buyer came a, a couple days ago. It looks like uh, he's like undergoing uh, like a refurbishment or or a full restoration. I'm not quite sure, but he's got some pretty ambitious plans for it. He actually sent me a message the other day talking about some of the stuff he was figuring out, trying to get all the mechs. Because I mean, my was as you you've you'd seen it, you played yeah. it. It was very much a what I would use the phrase players grade. I think uh, that's a very uh, good phrase. And for those that don't know what that means, it means it's a beater. It's a game that it should be fully functional so you can score and do all the things, but it ain't pretty. Right. Uh, the, and the biggest thing with that game is that cabinet had been through a lot. So uh, it'll be interesting to, to see if he ends up uh, actually able to sort of sh- we, like we shored up the cabinet to make it more to my dad and I did. But the cabinet was rough. Like, yeah, it would. In my mind, if I wanted to do anything like I never thought about stenciling the front of it because the art was painted black on the just around the coin door. And I was like, I just 
I'd need a, I'd want a whole new cabinet at this point if right. I was going to change up the, you know, fix the art because that, you're, you're, it was you're, rough. You're, yeah. Your cabinet it was, was rough. sitting I think on it had a water bench. damage at yeah. one point. <laughs> it was sitting on a park bench, smoking a cigarette yeah. with a pile yeah. of yeah. cigarettes beneath yeah. it, just staring at the ground, not talking to anybody as they jogged mm. past. Yeah. That, that yeah. was your cabinet. Yeah. That's, yeah. Basic, yeah. Basically with less fire, but, um, right, right. But, but it's seen some stuff. So did that, and then I'm going to have a link in the show notes if anyone wants to check it out. But you were kind enough to very, almost spontaneously join me on Oh, there a, was like like two hours notice. That was fine. Yeah, I just, I was like, Tony might still be awake. He might need something to bore him to sleep. So he joined on my Watch with Dennis YouTube channel, and we did a live stream. Which actually, we had a number of people in the chat, mm-hmm. like over 20, I think, uh, talking about the, the price, price declines in the secondhand market of that hobby. Which, as we saw, there are a lot of parallels to what we've been seeing a bit in this hobby, though the dollar amounts uh, are very different, are very, very different. So because uh, we really focused on uh, a lot of luxury, uh, luxury watches in an index. And that was, and that for those that don't know, and I won't bore you all with it, it runs the gamut. We were that index that we used as for our analysis ranged from watches that trade under a thousand dollars, just under a thousand to watches that were. I don't remember what the most expensive was. Maybe close to two hundred thousand. Yeah, it was up like one eighty ish or yeah. so. So, so I mean, quite a broad range. So, anyway, it it got a lot of discussion, and there were a lot of pinheads who show up because I think some of the people who watch just. I don't know if they want to hear me talk more because I'm like I do that because I thought I was talking about pinball too much. Otherwise, I could have set up a pin, uh, a pinball YouTube, and then you know. But then you're competing, you're competing, quote unquote, with the eyeballs of, you know, straight down the middle and Carrie Hardy and all the other big pinball YouTubers, Todd Tucky. And it's like, I, you know, I kind of like, I'm already doing two podcasts that cover pinball. I I feel like I'm oversaturated as is in the hobby. You need to, you need to move some, you need to have more than one hobby. You got to have more. You don't want to be just a one, a one item person. Well, I don't want to, I wouldn't force myself into a new hobby, but, but I figured at some point I should probably content create in a different category. Right. Otherwise it's just like, it reminds me of those. I always think of it as a seventies thing, but you've probably seen them in the movies and stuff. Those uh, maybe even in people's houses where they like have the portraits and they're all each a different color. Like there's the red, a sketched portrait and the blue and the, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's like a Warhol thing or what, but I'm just like, so they're just different colors of the same picture. Basically. I don't get it. Yeah. That, but that's why yeah. it was. It you were the, like the, you wanted you wanted you want to do something else creative. You wanted well, to move into a slightly different thing. So your choices yes. were like was like watches, which is your hobby, or uh, you could have become an Overwatch video producer. Mm-hmm. You could have fired up uh, uh, an OnlyFans or yeah. done like a Wiki feat. Yeah. But I don't have a hot tub, so I mean there would be challenges for for broad based expansion into the Twitch hot, right. hot tub streaming. Now, now you could always a thought you could become a VTuber. Mm. Yes, my first Sona. Yeah, you could find your first Sona. By the way, yes, I'm. What's the update on I'm, that? <laughs> it's amazing. My daughter isn't is drawing some art for us. <laughs> It is seriously, the art for you is amazing. (laughs) I will talk more about it off air because I want to keep the secret. Yeah. But seriously, I like fell in love with it. (laughs) It was so good. By the time I stopped laughing at just how perfectly fit it was, (laughs) it's great. 
Okay. I can't wait. That might be something when we get closer. Maybe that that might be a Patreon thing we might show people yeah. at some stage when it's ready. But um, so uh, before moving into our segments, we've got we're and uh, spoiler alert, we're going to have all three segments again. Tabletop is back. We've got tabletop stuff that needs to be talked about. Yes. And pinball is actually pretty light. Uh, but before going to any of that, normally the last episode would have been when we would have provided uh, our annual stat review on Eclectic Gamers podcast. So this is something I think we've done every year all the way back. And that's where we just, for those that are curious about the sausage making, give you some just basic information about how our show performed in 2022. Uh, and again, if you're not into that, normally we get through this in about 10 minutes, but I, I do it in the intro because I don't think it, it fits in any particular gaming category because it's all about the show. So normally I would do that the very first episode of January, uh, but I did not. We had other things, so I've actually incorporated it here. So... Here it is. Let us begin. This is the annual stats for 2020. So this is a snapshot of exactly, this isn't like counting 2022 episodes with like listens that have happened so far in 2023. This is January through December 31st, 2022 and where things stood. So for 2022, we had about a little over 38,700 plays across all of our episodes, including older than 2022 ones. That is an increase from 2021, but it's only about 4.5%. And I note that because in 2021, we had a huge spike versus 2020, like double digit percentage increase. So we're up, but not up by a lot. Our top five countries uh, in 2022 are almost identical as they were in 2021, USA, Australia, Canada, and the United Kingdom are one through four, and they were last time. However, Sweden is no longer fifth. It's sixth now. Singapore moved up into the number five spot to listen in terms of listens, uh, origin listens. So in terms of cities, uh, these are the top five cities that play the show um, for 2022. So Columbus, Ohio was our number one. They were number two last year. Uh, Pensacola, Florida is our number two. They weren't in the top five last time. Melbourne, Australia is our number three. They were also number three last year, or I should say 2021. Uh, Seattle, Washington uh, is number four. They're new to the top five. Uh, I was always a little surprised that they weren't in the top five, uh, at least last year, because they're such a mecca of pinball. You just, you know, statistically, you think people are hunger for the content. I wonder how much of this is, how much of this is affected by like VPNs. Mm. I mean, uh, the, the player wouldn't know. So yeah, if, if they're, if someone's regularly using a VPN, like, is that what you're kind of thinking? Like with Singapore in particular or something? Uh, or? Yeah. Singapore and, 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 and like, like with Singapore or where, or like even on the cities like Columbus or something like that. Mm. I mean, Ohio's got uh, a number of, uh, I want to think we had Ohio, another city in Ohio. At an, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I don't, how many people? I don't know how people use VPNs. Like, like, do they use, just keep it on constantly? Because I do. Okay, most people would get their podcasts through their phones, though. Do their phones go through a VPN? A lot of people do. Okay, uh, and then and I, I got a VPN specifically for my phone. Mm. Okay, I just happen to also have it on at home as well. Okay. Well, yes, that could definitely be. If that's a major source, uh, there's no way for us to know whether or not uh, that's the case. We All we get are the analytics that the that SoundCloud knows the download came from. Right. Uh, they won't know any sort of forwarding IP address. Uh, and fifth on our list is, is Chicago. They were fifth uh, in 2021. 
So uh, website references. So these are the external sources. Most people who get the show get it through an RSS feed, subscribe on their podcatcher and capture it. So there are websites, though. Some people go and play these things directly through their computer or, or go and download them through their computer or go to a website on their phone and download it. So uh, our number one source was actually the EGP website, which I think this is a first. I think this is the first time people actually going to our WordPress website to play episodes was number one. But it is now. Uh, Pen site is number two. That's not surprising to me. Uh, Google, like Google searching, is number three. Uh, Facebook appears to be number four. Facebook's tricky because it actually fragments. Like Facebook Mobile is in one thing, and so I tried to add them all up, and it seemed to fall into fourth. And Tilt Forums, where I also uh, list all the episodes. I was surprised that it was. I was surprised it made top five, but it did. Um, I think we had unknown sources was like our number one source last uh, in 2021. So it just was sort of like some hodgepodge of stuff or it couldn't right. figure it out. Uh, the um, top five podcatchers for those that are really curious and re- now we're really in the weeds. These are the same top five in the same order as they were in 2021. So the iPhone uh, player, the Apple core media, that's the number one player. Podcast addicts, number two Podbean uh, is number three. Overcast is number four, and po- and Pocket Cast is number five, and that was how it was last time. And that's basically the order of popularity of yep. those. So again, and, I don't think yeah. it's, I don't think it's interesting. <laughs> uh, the reason why, uh, I, while I don't find that particularly interesting, I like to say it is sometimes people uh, who listen through the computer don't know there are podcatchers. So I always like to once a year sort of list here are like popular ones you can go and get because they make managing podcasts so like uh, they do. I, I would not be able to stand just going to websites and playing. I'll, I do that sometimes on a one-off. But even then, usually, I just subscribe to listen to the one episode through my podcatcher and then just delete it. Yeah. Um, but but I, About the only thing I use for that is like uh, like if we, if we do something in, in the podcast in particular or we talk about something that uh, I want to uh, play for my daughters or my wife or something for them i'll just go to our soundcloud and just play just oh, just, just that segment. just that segment i've done that none too. of them care about listening yeah through the whole, no, whole, no they, they don't, don't care they about don't listening through the whole thing the, so. only, the only problem for me is when i try and go back it's tricky because on all the podcasts i i don't listen to any podcast at one x and so knowing where it is in the timestamp right. is like i mean if it's our show it's easier because i do the edit so i i usually have a vague understanding of like oh yeah no that was about 50 minutes in so i go and but uh and so the final things i'm going to do which we always talk about are our most and least popular 2020 uh two episodes i i think i still say 2021 in our internal notes tony but ignore that i just uh, i copied and pasted the headings from the last time so uh, but the but the shows are updated. So we'll start with the good news. So what was the most popular stuff we did? Our most popular episode of the year was episode 163, titled The Year of the 2.0. For those that don't remember, because my titles aren't always all that revealing, because I just <laughs> make those up while I'm editing. That was the show where we covered the gameplay reveals of both Weird Al and Fathom Revisited, so we had two game announcements that probably helped drive some of that. We also talked about a bunch of the 2.0 kits that were revealed and announced for Pinball, hence the the title. And on the video game side, that was the one where there was a discussion about Gran Turismo 7, uh, the problems that Amazon's New World game were going through, uh, Elden Ring, that was where you talked about how they broke the sales records, 
And uh, that was also one where we were wrapping up some of the Dr. Disrespect settlement info. That's the one where the, we, we covered that there was a settlement between right. him and Twitch. So that was our most popular episode of the year. Uh, second most popular was episode the next one, episode 164. That was our 2022 TPF uh, debrief. That was the title, and that's what the whole subject was. I always like those episodes. Yeah, yeah. And people, apparently, people embrace it. Of course, we get a, we do cover a lot of our first impressions on games, hands-on impressions, because that was like the first time we got to play Weird Al, for example. Right. See, and, and that, de- that TPF debrief we did back home. So I remember when we did Chicago, we actually recorded it in the hotel Correct. room. Uh, because it wasn't worth going back to the convention. They weren't even open yet. <laughs> they weren't even we open recorded. yet. Yeah, it was like, you know. I think the tournament was going. Yeah. But. It was like, oh, we yeah. can't get in no. for a couple hours. Yeah, so let's go was, ahead and record yeah. our, yeah. yeah. So we'll throw, throw a little more shade on Expo there. Shade. Smog. Smog's now hot keyed on a button. So, folks, th- thanks to the support of Patreon. We are now able to give you that. And Tony can spare his vocal cords. The, uh, so third most popular episode was 158. I titled those uh, titled that episode Rush Those Stats. That was the episode where, as the title would suggest, we talked about the reveal of Rush, Rush Pinball by Stern. And that was the in the video games, the big item in that one was uh the end of E3. Where you you had talked about the then at that time the announcement that E3 was was not happening. Right. So episode number four in terms of popularity was episode 170, which I titled Kojima Story 4. (laughs) So again, you're seeing a a theme here on the pinball side. This is another game reveal. This was where we talked about Toy Story 4's reveal. And this was also on the video game one where you went into detail about Kojima having announced that he was working on an Xbox game. And all of the Kojima fans were pissed because they were PlayStation fanboys. (laughs) And then the fifth most popular episode for the year was episode 161, which was titled, Shall We Play a Game 2.0? Pinball was just us playing uh, another game that Matt Roberts had sent in for us, uh, which like took the whole pinball section. Uh, and then on the video games, that was one of the huge legal drama dumps you did on Activision. Uh, there were a lot, but this was like this was the one where there was the the California doing the, the right. investigation. This was the the, Mo- the big huge one. where there were multiple uh, investigations right. happening being announced. So so those are our five most popular episodes. Now the five least popular episodes um, were our. I'll go in reverse order. So now instead of being like best to fifth best, this is going to be fifth worst to the worst. So our fifth least popular episode of last year was episode 181, which was titled Pro versus Preem. And uh, that was where uh, we talked about the drain reveal, uh, which is Nick's uh, third party uh, game with uh, with module for for multimorphic uh, uh p3 system and then also that's the one where we went through and in terms of a listener request to we went through all of kern's current stern's current production games and said whether we would go with a pro or a premium if like money was no like which was the better game and then on the video game side episode 181 was the one where uh you covered uh pokemon scarlet and violet and also uh squares insider trading scandal I think that was the first, the first first insider trading scandal. If I, to be more specific, all right. So fourth uh, least popular episode was episode one sixty eight, titled "Check Back Soon." That was very light on the pinball news section. We talked a little bit about Dutch pinball, multimorphic, and uh, and there was 
a discussion about some, at the time, it was the cryptic indication of something's going to happen with the deep root assets. It turned out to be the whole Turner logic thing, but like there was like, there was teasing going on on Pinside about that something was happening, which turned out at least thus far to be pretty much a lot of nothing. Uh, then on the video game side, of course, more Activision troubles were discussed. This was, though, where we spent a lot of time. You, uh, you had a whole chunk of the segment going into uh, all these video games that are getting either movies or TV shows. Yeah, there was, that was they did list. like a massive announcement so where everybody was announcing mm-hmm. their new shows and stuff that were yeah. going into. But looking back at it, it was a really light episode. I don't even, that's episode, my guess would be this was an episode that didn't even hit an hour. It was yeah, so that light. episode was light was on so everything. Light. Uh, third least uh, popular episode was episode 180 titled Rocket Man. Uh, the pinball yet again was ultra light. All we uh, all we did in that was we talked about the idea of a pinball machine and whether it was better to do it around a single movie or, or game or do a whole series. Like, do you do Harry Potter Sorcerer's Stone or do you do Harry Potter? the whole series as a single game right so and then on the video game side that was uh there was there was a lot of news but it was mostly about square right that was right after they did their giant uh uh, call with their investors Mm -hmm. our second worst performing episode of the year was episode 166 titled twitchin for full metal sonic and that was the one where we talked on pinball uh, where we announced Ryan McQuaid was joining American Pinball. We also talked a little bit about Cease and Desist that hit a Dragon's Lair pinball project that was, uh, I guess, trying to raise funds. And then on video games, that was the one where you went over the Twitch revenue splits and they were making big changes oh, yeah. about that. And then also this was where uh, Overwatch 2's beta had just started. So you had some information based off of like the going on about the beta. And then uh, the worst episode, and this is typically the worst episode every time I do these, uh, so it's going to be a little bit of a deflation. It's episode 183, which was the 2022 year-end review. And again, because of how the snapshot works, that that episode had dropped December 24th, so it didn't even have like a full week of stats. Right. So yeah. So as usual, our year-end review usually shows up dead last on the list, but it's not really a fair comparison. But I, you know, again, those were the metrics, so. We do the metrics. Basically, when we're light of pinball, our numbers are much worse, which makes sense for our core audience. Another uh, another thing I think is sort of makes sense is looking out over at the the best ofs when there are reveals, at least major game reveals. Those tend to be the best performing episodes, which is I, also not a surprise, which I think people are just wanting to sort of vacuum up everyone's opinion, you know, first reactions because they're not even reviews at that point. No one's handled the game. It's right. all just reactions. So. Anyway, I hope some folks found that interesting. So let's now formally transition into the pinball segment. This uh, this one might show in our, our least five popular episodes this year because there ain't much pinball. <laughs> there ain't much pinball news to talk about. Um, Spooky Pinball has, uh, has announced and shown photos. They have started production of Scooby-Doo Pinball, so they are building those. And they also had an announcement that uh, they are doubling their facility size. Now, I do want to qualify that. They have specified they do not at this time have any intention to expand their staff, but they're getting another building. It sounds like one building they're going to use for storing games ready to ship out and kind of use it as their shipping hub. 
and then all the manufacturing will happen. I believe in the new building is is the plan. probably just give them more room to spread out, mm, more room. Yeah, to, yeah. Well, again, to are, hold on to all those games that aren't being sold because they're, they're not, not selling. They're out. still not sold out. Yes, you noted they're still not sold out. But hey, I mean, maybe they didn't plan to this time. I don't know. They keep up in the production count, so I understand that they need need some more space. Uh, another, the only other little item here, and I I can't even I didn't even read an article on it, so I can give you no details. Uh, I'll just announce that it has been indicated that Pinball Brothers has issued their very first code update for Queen Pinball. So, I oh guess yeah, Queen Pinball exists. I didn't know if anyone had it yet. So I, I didn't I know if anyone. I didn't, I didn't. I didn't think much on it. So I uh-uh. guess if you do, uh, FYI, you may want to go and see uh, about a rules update because it sounds like there is now one out there and available. But I have no, no major details to give you. So what we're going to do for the pinball segment, and this won't take very long either. But I figured we're, we'll have some fun. the The pinball industry awards is happening next weekend. Actually, a week, from, almost a week from today, six days from now. Correct. And. Uh, so I thought, hey, you and I both were w- voted the judges ballot on the Pinball Industry Awards. Or excuse me, it's not called the Pinball Industry Awards. Sorry, <laughs> old habits, the Pinball Awards. Um, so I thought, let's. No, we won't do the excellent stuff, the writing categories. Uh, but I figured let's talk about what our picks are and and our logic for how we voted our ballots. Because hey, you know, we don't know yet who won. Well, I do because I work on the governance committee, but. But it's not publicly known yet who won. But, of course, we had what we thought would win. And I thought this would be interesting because, at least from my perspective, I have never voted as diverse of a ballot as I have this year. I did vote a pretty diverse ballot. I think some of it might and, even be surprising. Yeah. And we'll, we'll, so we'll walk through that because I think, you know, as a, as a mini teaser, mini spoiler, I think – I voted six different games. I've never voted six different games. I don't think we, I went that yeah, No, no. I, and um, anyway, so let's start off with, uh, with the first category, which was best art cabinet and back glass. Tony, I'd like to know what you ended up picking. Here's the surprise. <gasps> Spoiler surprise. Weird Al. <gasps> really? Yeah. I, the, the limited, the LE, the special Weird Al oh, okay. edition cabinet. The I, orange one. The or- Yeah, I, I liked it, and I liked their back glass art. That was basically okay. why I did it. Hmm. No, I could see. Okay, yeah. I mean, it's it's like it's hand drawn. I could I could see yeah, it. No, it, it's and I think part of it was whatever when I when I voted was also the palette cleanse just after seeing like the 60th anniversary and how bad mm. the Bond art was. Well, um, <laughs> you know, Bond is and Bond was available as a voting option. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I uh, I actually went Fathom Revisited. Let's see, I almost did. Hmm. It was very close. That was that was my that was my first thought, but you'll see. I changed it. And you'll see why here in a minute. Okay, and my and I actually struggled a little bit with that because again, it's like, well, but this is a this is a remake. But then they did a special thing like with the lighting and stuff involving the cab art, and I thought, you know what? No, I I think they've done enough that it it, it was an option to pick, so I picked it. So I did fathom. Uh, all right, so you were already teasing that I'd understand soon. Is it because of the next category, best art play field? Yes. Did you pick Weird Al there? I picked Fathom Revisited. Okay, so did I. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I, I always like the, the Fathom art so weird. Well, that was the thing is when I initially for for the first one the 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 best cabinet and backlast. Fathom was my first thought, and I was thinking, I was like, you know, I really like the back glass. The cabinet's kind of plain. But for me, on Fathom, it's really the play field. The play field is just has a feel. That's why mm. I went that way. Okay. 
Yeah, I, I, I love that uh, playfield as well, the playfield art package. So uh, the next category was best lighting effects. So what'd you think? Toy Story 4. I picked it as well. I mean, it's <laughs> there. It, it's quite a show. I mean, it's it's it, a great it, it's a great light show. Yeah, it's got it's quite the visual spectacle. So, all right. So you've already picked three different games. I have, and I've picked two so far. But we'll we'll well yeah we're gonna see. All right, best theme integration. So this is actually incorporating the theme into the game for those that I mean it's what's on the ten so to speak. Right. We're not voting like what's our what's the best theme that they did. It's about actually putting it in as a package into the game. I went with Rush. Okay. I actually went with Alien from Pinball Brothers. Again, I paused a little bit because it's like, well, Highway already did Alien. Yeah. But, but they do have the new LV version and stuff. And I I mean, I, I've i never enjoyed shooting. The, I've only played the Highway version. Never enjoyed shooting Alien. But like immersion-wise, I thought, especially I was so skeptical when they didn't have Sigourney in. But the way they incorporate the movie modes and stuff and the, and the xenomorph and the atmosphere of it. I just thought it was really, really strong. Uh, it's a good argument. And for why'd you so with Rush? Was it just like you felt like the song choices and the way the I, albums the, are the integrated? Song and the way I liked and I like I how they it. integrate the albums it. and stuff. I mean, I mean, I know I've I've talked a lot of crud on Rush, but it has good. It's got good stuff. Sure. Well, I mean, that's why we we're voting by categories, right? So, and of course, we're asked to be as objective as possible on on the pinball awards to not just pick our favorites, but actually, as judges, actually, it's asked this of the public that voted it as well is try and really choose, uh, you know, objectively, what do you think is the strongest in some particular right. area? Uh, so now you're actually up to four different games, and I'm up to three. So are you sure you didn't vote six? I mean, I guess I guess we'll find out. Uh, best toys. James Bond. Oh, I could see that. So, oh, I, I actually, well, let me ask you, cause mine's going to be weird. Uh, what, so I'm, I'm guessing LE is what you're, premium LE is what yes. you're thinking of. Was it the jetpack dude? Is that the, is that the thing that pushed the jetpack dude, the, eje- the car with the ejector seat? Cause I just love that little, oh, I, I yes. The, the, yes. That, I just, That's a good I point. just love it. I love it. And, and, and jetpack guy and, and everything. I just, for me, of all the games that came out this year, that one had the toys that were the most interesting. Not necessarily work the best necessarily. I, I, I've heard some issues with Rocket Man, but I really just thought that they looked cool and they were good ideas. I get it. Yeah, actually, that was my second. That was, I think, my second place pick. I picked Super Hoop. From oh. from Quetzal, wow! Because they have the the basketball integration, and they have the little hoop with the with the bucket, and it actually has a magnet on the backboard so that it can do things to hold the ball and stuff. And it just as a toy, again, I've not been able to play this game. I had to go and right. look at it, and I was like, as a toy, uh, looking at everything else, it felt the. I mean, nothing felt wholly unique per se, but just as a toy concept, I thought that one actually sounds like the coolest one to experience simply from a toy perspective. So I went with super hoop. So I'm now up to four different games and you're up to five. Yeah. Wow. You really, you really I, did vote. It. All right. I did. So best, uh, best innovation was the next category. Decline to vote. I declined also. <laughs> and to be frank, it's because I was not impressed with, I didn't think there was innovation. Agreed. That was I, my, I, I try, I really tried. I, yeah. I, I was the same. I'm looking at the list and I was like, 
There's nothing new or innovative in any of these games. It's like uh, I I got close on Weird Al. Um, you know the 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 lift ramp reminded me too much of uh, Batman: The Dark Knight. So mm-hmm. I was like, that's been done. The hamster wheel to me was just a a, a toy. It's not. A, something spinning just wasn't i'm thinking innovation not toys now right uh but they do have the magnet assist i think to help you get up one of the ramps back there so that almost got me but again i'm just like i'm kind of magneted out where i'm like is it really like how different is that from hyperloops using magnets to make the ball right. go do something it wouldn't normally do it's not so to me it's not uh, you know, super hoop again, it had an interesting toy, but it wasn't really in like, again, magnets holding a ball in place. That is not new. Uh, rush using the thing straight out of Lord of the Rings is not new. A bunch of scoops is not new. Yep. Um, bond on a wand is straight out of rescue. Nine one one. It's not new. I, you know, I just, I couldn't, I didn't like you. I could not think of a single actual real innovation in 2022. So I thought I had to decline. Yeah, I could have made a decision, but it wouldn't have been. It would have just been me being forced to pick one right. of them, and I and I didn't. And think decline right. is an option for a reason. So, yes. So okay, interesting. I did not know we were going to align on that one, but we did. All right, best playfield layout. I debated a couple of them, and in the end, I ended up going with Rush. Really. I know it's surprising. It surprises me. It a surprised lot. my. I went Toy Story four, so let me throw mine out there. That was my, that's what I was debating between Toy Story four and Rush. Okay, and in the end, I decided that I like Rush just a tiny, short and curly lot more. Okay, just a little bit more. My debate was not between Toy Story four and Rush. I actually think the layout is the worst part of Rush. Yeah, um, like. I mean, I'm not the biggest Rush band fan, but uh, like the theme integration solid. The rules are are well thought out. I just feel like I'm in the scoops all the time, though. It's like they're just it's like it's almost the Halloween effect, but not to that extent. <laughs> it's not. Don't get me wrong. It's still shoot. It shoots well. Right. Uh, uh, it shoots well. So let me well, like, don't don't send hate mail to the Gamers podcast <laughs> at gmail.com. I'm not saying it is Halloween from Stern, but what I am saying is that it the ball, especially if you're like me, you're not a great player. You're in the scoops an awful lot. And I just, I just, I find it frustrating. Um, I was actually torn between James Bond and toy story. And the issue that pushed me over is I, and it would have helped if I'd had some hands on time with bond, but, but I went and I, I pulled video because I'm like, I gotta be as objective as I can. And while I like the look of the, like the left-hand side of bond, the right-hand side of bond doesn't look super fun to me to shoot. Whereas I actually, well, I don't care for the rules of toy story shooting it. I've actually liked almost all of the layout. I, you know, I guess the shot around in the pops area is kind of meh. So again, this isn't a year that, well, we'll go into that, I guess at the end, but you know, just nothing really, really clicked, but right. But I didn't want to, I didn't want to decline this one. I was like, if I were to pick just on layout, I'm like, I think I would say Toy Story. I think that Lawler did a good layout. See, and and that was the that that was my big debate run there because I enjoy shooting Toy Story, and and I mean, as much again as much shade as I throw on Rush, I don't mind shooting Rush. Uh, I think Bond has promise, but I just I, I've not played it, and I can't tell a hundred i mean i can tell by watching that it looks like it's good but i just i know games that people say are great shooters that for me is just brick city because it just doesn't click and Mm. i just i was unable to take that lead right right uh best rules rush that's what i picked also i i think that's 
no, I'm not going to say it's going to be universal. Everyone, of course, has their own to- uh, taste. But that going in, I thought, I, I mean. I would have been surprised. I, 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 would, I wonder. I don't think very. My guess would always be. Surely, most people are going to think Rush, right? It's part of it is it's the most baked set of rules, right? right. Because it's the it's like one of the oldest games in the list. Uh, you know, it was early in the year when it came out. Um, I think it's, uh, and I've commented on this before. I don't think it's the most approachable game initially. Um, uh, and in, in deference to one of the coders, uh, Raymond Davidson with Stern, that may be more uh, because of my all my experiences on the pro, and the pro does not communicate as well as the premium does. Uh, I think, though, with a little bit of guidance, uh, it's easy to understand what to do. I just don't love shooting that layout, though. So, yeah, uh, is my problem. It's okay. I don't hate it, but it's, uh, but the rules I think are very, very strong. You know, uh, I didn't, and I didn't have anything close on this one. I was like, Toy Story's rules, I, oh, I yeah, just no. think are way too uh, early 90s to, to work with. And of course, I'm factoring in the price point, but, and then not, nothing, same with everything else. Uh, it's like, there's a lot of okay rule sets yeah. out there this the, year. But this was, this rule was, uh, this was the only strong one I yeah. felt. It was a standout. Uh, best accessory. You had one option or decline because there was only the Mando topper in the in the ballot. Because I didn't have the have the correct option. Mm. The correct option being this shouldn't be a category. Mm. I chose decline. I declined as well. I and the reason is again what 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 is best? How do you pick a how do you pick a best when there's only one in there? So yeah, I'm almost like I don't think. Uh, and it's weird to say because I'm on the governor's committee, but I, I must admit I didn't argue it. We, we were so busy trying to make all these changes to have a public right. vote. Uh, you know, I did not try and change any categories. But on retrospect, I, I'm thinking I've never loved this category in the past, but with no other option, it feels goofy. Uh, but bottom line is, I don't think that that is a two thousand dollar accessory. But that's the pri- is, but that's the price tag. So that's I, the thing. it's not best because uh, because it, it feels too expensive. So that, again, I, just I'll my be, take. I'll just be, my take. I'll be honest. I'll I'll even be brutally honest. If there had been anything else in there, I would have probably taken it because two thousand dollars for a topper is stupid. Okay, best music. Rush. I picked Rush also, but I think Weird Al could really uh, potentially do very it, well. I it mean, was that my was debate. my second pick. That was my second that was my debate. Pick. I because it's like well, which I don't really listen to either of them. Is what where see? It's and at. I listen to both. Uh, but I just feel like, in the end, I went with Rush because I felt like it will resonate more. It resonates more with more people, mm. and I feel like it's one of those things that just feels right for the type of places you would typically see the pinball machine. You know, yeah. List, listening to Weird Al while sitting at a bar is less makes less sense than listening to Rush. I guess mm. I could see that. So. I could see that. Now, that was just the music. So what about best sound effects? I still did Rush. Okay. I actually went Cactus Canyon Remake. Oh, that's actually, I didn't think about that. That one didn't even tick on my list. Mm. When I saw it, when I saw the name, it was there, but it didn't tick on my list uh, when I thought about sound effects. Yeah, no, and I really thought back to gain the opportunity to play that at Texas, and I thought, wow, you know, these the sound effects on this are, and I had to sit for a while because I'm like, again, sound effects, they're ever present but it's not what i always initially like i initially think of music and i think right. of call outs and exactly. then it's like okay so sound effects so i really have to think and i waffled a lot on this <laughs> a lot i was all over the board on on sound effects it was actually more of a process of elimination like 
uh, you know, not liking the sling sounds, uh, the slot machine sound effects that that uh, Toy Story used because JJP always sticks in their slot machine stuff. So I'm like, all right, that one's ruled out. And uh, Rush, Rush was a contender, didn't have any offensive sound effects. But I just thought, oh, wait a moment. No, actually, with the little pew, pew, pew and all the little Cactus Canyon stuff, I was like, you know what? No, I think I'm going to go with this. So I think it's a very good choice, actually. That was my that was my little Velociraptor clever girl choice. So clever speaking more girl. of audio, best call outs. I went Weird Al. Definitely could see that. That it was, but I went with Toy Story Four. It was between those two for me because you have Weird Al doing the Weird Al call outs, yep. and you also they did get um, what Tim Allen to do call outs for Toy Story Four. I believe as Buzz was yeah. the thing. So it's like maybe, and they and. Well, they did so, or that, or they got somebody who sounded very good. I don't remember. No, I, th- I thought they did. Uh, like the way they do it is all the any like Tom Hanks stuff. His brother tends to do the callouts for right. Uh, but anyway, I was just th- thinking about the callout packages. Those were the only two I was debating between. Yes, and I thought they're both very good packages. Uh, Weird Al definitely like I, I would. Well, I can't say definitely because I don't know how many callouts are in Toy Story, but like. Multimorphic has been very proud to announce like they have 3000 weird Al Yeah. So that's a really good pick. Rush was eliminated immediately. They though. I hate those call outs. It sounds like the band was in no way interested. <laughs> it reminds me of the criticism spooky got with Alice Cooper's nightmare castle because Alice Cooper sounded bored doing the right. call outs. And that's how it sounds when I hear the rush. Call-outs. Oh, very much. He sounds bored. Yeah. And so it's like that one's out. Um, you know, I, I, Cactus Canyon, uh, I didn't credit that as a new thing, so I threw that out. So, uh, yeah, it was between those two, but I went ahead and ended up going Toy Story. Uh, animation, display, and effects. What would you pick as your best there? Toy Story. Yeah, me too. I Again, I mean, it's, it's, it's J.P. DeWin. The, yeah. He, he, he's the master. Uh, he's continuing to show it. So. Yeah. Um, and so the last one, best in show. What did you pick as Pinball Machine of the Year? Rush. Me too. I mean, just objectively speaking, uh, I've never, as I noted at the start of this, I've never voted such a diverse ballot. But, and you ended up one more than me. I was five. You were six. Yes, uh, it's because of my because of my super hoop. The super hoop. I because I did a super hoop, and we we all voted at some points the same games, except I did super hoop and I did Cactus Canyon. You did Weird Al though, right? So that's why it's only a difference of one, so, right? So very diverse. That and I don't know if that's if five's your most diverse ever. That's all. I mean, it, that's. Quite probably, That's yes. very much spreading the love, but if I could be a little more negative, I actually, to me, this, you could view it in a way of, wow, look at how close all this stuff is. I actually just felt 2022 was a very weak year. Yes. Very weak. And a lot of this stuff was by default, um, and there were only a few. You know, We talked about those, and some of the nuanced categories. Like, it wasn't for me close on Game of the Year. As my, even though Rush didn't win most of my categories as a complete package, I felt it's far and away just superior to it everything is. else that came out. Um, whereas we could say, all right, well, you know, Weird Al has, has a few strengths like call outs and stuff. And Toy Story has a few strengths like the light show and such. Uh, it's just on so many of these things like like toy. I'm like, uh, I'm just, you know, not, no innovation, nothing. Like, yeah. No, no, I just and that's. I mean, it just it is what it is. I I remain hopeful that 2023 will be a better year by default. I would hope there should be in some ways. It's weird, though, because we go back to 2021 
And there were a lot of companies that didn't have anything out. Like JJP didn't have a game out. Right. Um, this year, the only major 2022 year, the only major manufacturer that didn't have a have a game was the uh, was AP American Pinball yeah. and Spooky were the two right. that didn't didn't have a new game out. Whereas in 2023, like Stern's going to have something. We're uh, uh, not Weird Al, sorry, uh, Multimorphic. They're talking about having two games this year. Uh, surely American Pinball's finally going to drop a game. Uh, surely uh, JJP is going to drop another game because Toy Story ain't selling, so they got to move on. Um, you know, Spooky, of course, going to have Scooby Doo. We already know. Uh, so I, that's where I'm like, we're gonna, we should have more choice next this year, but we'll have to wait and see because I don't know. But 2022, I thought was pretty disappointing. It was. I mean, it's especially for being a quote unquote not pandemic year. I know there are still supply chain issues, so that's important to bear in mind. But in a year where where a lot of people have gotten, quote unquote, back to normal, like all the events were back on schedule and everything like that, um, you would have thought that it would have been stronger than 2021, which was still what we would call 2020 and 2021 are pandemic years where they're just the effects of disease control had an impact on pinball coming out. Right. I mean, supply chain issues doesn't change the fact that doesn't affect the designing of the game or or any of that. Those are still just ho-hum. And it's because they're ho-hum. That's a, is, these are all close. We had a large amount of diversity, but this is it wasn't diverse because it was, you know, Tyson v. Holyfield high-quality fight. This was... Two sixty-year-old ladies with canes in the Walmart parking lot going at it this year. That's what it amounts to. Yeah, Walmart combat. Yeah, very sad. Walmart combat. But anyway, we'll see what the official results are uh, within a week. So should be yes. exciting. Uh, let us now end with our recurring segment, Rumor Corner. Rumors. Okay, so for this episode's Rumor Corner, I've got, this is a mix of rumors and speculation. I'm hearing this from, this is actually from diverse sourcing, and some of it's going to touch on other rumors we've already discussed. But folks, you need to write into clicktogamerspodcast.gmail.com and give me some juicy rumors because we're, we're doing the best that we can here. We only do an episode every other week. I mean, come on. So, but here's what I'm hearing. I'm now hearing reports, rumors, and speculation that multiple companies may be planning to use Texas Pinball Festival of this year, end of March, for their first public gameplay events, if not the reveals themselves. And, okay, so that's not, I don't think that's particularly shocking, Tony, because we've already been talking about, like, surely, right? Surely American Pinball's got to have Galactic Tank Force out by TPS, you hope. right? Um there were we had rumors that uh, that JJP for Godfather and the uh, CGC uh, Chicago Gaming Company for Pulp Fiction are ready to go. Like the games are done, whether or not any are built remains nebulous. But there were thoughts that those could. There were rumors that we talked about that those could have dropped at the end of 2022, and they did not. 
And Texas would be a prime opportunity for first public gameplay, even if they do the reveal a little before. Right, because nobody really does reveals right. at events. Right, very, very rarely anymore do, do uh, people use a show for, for a, a reveal in that regard. I mean, uh, Spooky did for like doing their teaser for Scooby, for example, but right. it wasn't a reveal with gameplay. But in addition, so that's not a new rumor. So people are probably like, Dennis, why are you regurgitating rumors? And I was like, well, uh, first of all, y'all, you don't, even the Patreon people don't pay enough for us to guarantee you're always getting a new rumor. But secondly, but secondly, in addition to this, I'm now hearing about some companies that aren't those, maybe look, including companies that maybe haven't been known to have released a game at all yet. That this may be a reveal, uh, or, or at least a gameplay experience, first quote unquote first time gameplay experience. So, this actually is starting to sound like it could be the most robust TPF in years because it seems like the last few have been where people thought a company might be ready and then they're just not ready to have a game there with a gameplay reveal. So it's usually all right. You're playing whatever, like you'll play Bond. Because Marco, right. Marco Specialties is going to bring a bazillion of them. Correct. Um, Multimorphic will have a strong showing because they're Texas-based, and they always have a very significant booth presence. So yes, they do. You'll get a, if they're ready for their, and I haven't heard on them, uh, if they're ready on their new game. It would be ideal for them because they're able to so easily provide so many games to that show because of its proximity. If they're planning to do two a year, to, I mean, it's a good opportunity to get people interested if you're hoping to sell more systems to people that don't already own the system. Right. Uh, but the, I don't know. Uh, but it's been, because like last year, the only, to me, the only thing of note was we got, it was a good opportunity for those I hadn't played Rush to play Rush and Weird Al. Weird Al was the big one. Right. And that was about it. So it might be, it's sounding like the rumors are, it will be more substantive now. And it's just uh, simply the way it's not about TPF per se. It's just the way the calendars are aligning, you know, games that didn't do very well, you know, toy story uh, games or companies that just didn't have anything out at all. AP that some of that stuff. So like the, the planets are aligning for TPF because how long can you survive selling, you know, legends of Valhalla's that came out at uh, you know, two expos ago. And you still haven't even built 500 of them, so you know you didn't make a lot right. of money because you didn't make a lot of games. I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, going out on a limb and saying Oktoberfest ain't flying off the shelf. I mean, they're probably still selling some, but as you know, once the you have the initial surge of hype, and then of course it 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 uh, anything older dies down. Right. Usually, I mean, there might be a case of a of a hidden gem that all of a sudden becomes like maybe Guardians had a you know has a surge drops down in price and then when the code got good guardians becomes popular again but i don't think it ever matched the initial surge of sales but anyway are you rumor tamed that's all i need to know yeah sure okay well why don't you uh entertain us with some video games are you video game tamed <laughs> not yet you haven't talked about it i'm going to <laughs> are you are you going to i'm going to no. i'm <laughs> How'd you say that while you were still talking? It's magic. <laughs> it's magic. It's magic. Uh, no surprise. Coming into video games, this it, it, it's that time of year. No surprise for all the shade we threw at it last year. Marvel's Avengers mm. uh, is shutting down. Avengers disassemble? <laughs> They're disassembling the Avengers. They're going to put out their last update uh, on the 31st of March, and they're ending all support on the 30th of September. Uh and you'll still be able to play single player and the multiplayer component stuff, but 
Yeah. Uh, the support shutting down, the paid marketplace is shutting down. They're not putting out any new skins. The last new skin was put out was hated, and it's they're just like, now we're just done. We're done. We 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 ran it. We we gave it a year. We gave it a year, and it's been utter crud. So, but it is also the season of layoffs. Oh yes, I've been oh, seeing tech sector big time. Tech sector has been hit hard. Google's laying off twelve thousand. Amazon's laying off eighteen thousand. Microsoft laid off ten thousand, including major layoffs at Bethesda, the Coalition. That's who makes Gears of War, uh, and three four three. Uh, and three uh, reports coming out of 343 is that the Halo Infinite campaign team has been decimated. Mm. It's just – and the head of the Halo Infinite campaign team uh, is no longer with 343. I saw that. He has moved to Microsoft to take another project. and He's left 343 and gone back, gone back to Microsoft because he originally was at Microsoft and then went to 343. Right, okay. Because he was originally with – Bungie, he was an original Halo guy that when Bungie left, stayed with Microsoft, went to 343 to run Halo stuff, and is now back at Microsoft. Okay. So, yeah, no, it's a a tech sector layoffs are just huge uh, across the board. A lot of video games have been hit. Uh, Ubisoft announced the cancellation of four games. And they've pushed their Skull and Bones Pirates game back again. Uh, I was going to say, that has been <laughs> delayed so many times. It was supposed now. to be on, what, 2017? I think so. <laughs> Since 2018, something like that. Now they're saying late 23 or early 24. Uh, they canceled uh, four games, three of which had never, hadn't been announced, only one of which was kind of basically announced. But since the announcement, Ubisoft stocks have fallen 19%. And then Ubisoft CEO uh, Gulamot sent an email to staff that included the phrase, the ball is in your court to deliver this lineup on time and at expected level of quality and show everyone that we are what we are capable of achieving. Um, Ouch. The people didn't like that. His workers didn't like that. Uh, they The Ubisoft Paris Division's uh, union uh, has called for a strike on Friday, January 27th, stating that the ball is in our court, but the money stays in his pockets. Mm, ouch. So, uh, Viva la France. I mean, yeah, it's France. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, they, they know how to strike. <laughs> they know how to strike. They're, they're very good at it. That's right. They got the tricolor going on there. <laughs> uh, so he did, in a company-wide Q&A, walk back and apologize uh, for that comment. But at the same time, in that Q&A, uh, the company reportedly rejected requests for uh, pay increases in line with inflation and a proposal for a four-day work week. So uh, Ubisoft is not in a great place right now. And one other group that's not in a great place right now, Google Stadia has finally ended. We've known it was ending. We've right. talked about it multiple times in the past. The final day was the 19th or the 18th, uh, just earlier this week. But they did release a tool that will allow the Stadia controllers to work with other platforms via Bluetooth. I know some people really like those controllers, so that's nice. So that's nice. And that is all I really have in video games today because I had to save room. Yes, we teach this at the start. For the continuation of last week's tabletop discussions. All right, last week we talked about the OGL changes from uh, Wizards of the Coast and D&D. Uh, the backlash 
uh, has continued and grown. A player-organized boycott has seen more than 40,000 people in their D&D Beyond subscriptions. So many people were ending their D&D Beyond subscriptions so quickly that the uh, uh, server to handle uh, the termination of subscriptions crashed. Ouch. And people stopped being able to uh, discontinue for a while. And when they did bring it back up, they had moved the link to make it more difficult to find, and it was now being hosted on a third-party website. Uh, not the link itself, but the actual server was a, right. it was a different right. server. Uh, because they, yeah, but 40,000 people, that's, that's I had no huge. idea it was so many. I'd heard about the site going down uh, from demand, I did, but I didn't look and yeah. see what the numbers Yeah, those were. are the numbers that are down something like 40,000. Uh, the... Uh, Wizards of the Coast put out a response because obviously this sent them into panic mode. And there are unconfirmed reports coming out of uh, Wizards of the Coast uh, team members that I, I don't – again, they're unconfirmed. But there are reports that part of the upcoming change to the new OGL, which they're – back into research mode on and they're definitely pushing the what came out before was a draft and things have changed and of course they are because they've got to cover their their rear somehow but there is a lot of stuff coming out that was uh rumors coming out from internally to the group that there are laying out like a new subscription levels for and beyond some of which go up to 30 dollars a month whoa uh what's the highest currently like what is it? Is it just one like price? Nine ninety nine, I think. <laughs> but uh, uh, the the rumors are those have to do with the new D and D one. So those might be like, oh, it's that a month, but you get access to every book or what that comes out over the course. But still, thirty dollars a month is insane. I mean, that's more than streaming services, right? So those again, those are rumors. That's for D and D one. We don't know, but they did put out a response. Uh, about the OGL concerns, uh, they say they are going to put out a survey that is going to be open for several weeks. It's open currently for people to go in and give their thoughts in a survey form because they don't actually want to dialogue with their players because players just need to give over money and not – oh, wait, no, that's my opinion. I'm sorry. Mm. That's not actually what they said. Well, you know, opinions <laughs> sometimes bleed into these podcasts. Yeah, but uh, – they're doing it as a, as a survey. At least the feel I get is they're doing it as a survey instead of trying to have an actual dialogue with players because they don't want a dialogue with players. Um, but they also had a member of their D&D team put out a um, notice on D&D Beyond, uh, a letter, as it were, that might have worked better if they had used somebody who was a member of their team who was actually on D&D Beyond more than a day before he put out the letter. But uh, that just covered a few talking about the changes, talking about the uh, survey that they were going to do. And they did put out a list of things that they are not changing. Uh, And that list is there, and they put it on. This is going to be pretty much direct quotes. We are committed to giving creators both input into and room to prepare for any update to the OGL. Brink wrote before highlighted, tons of stuff won't be affected. What won't be affected? Your video content, whether you are a commentator, streamer, podcaster, live play cast member, or other video creator on platforms like YouTube, Twitch, and TikTok. You've always been covered by Wizards of the Coast fan content policy. The OGL doesn't and won't touch any of this. 
Your accessories for your owned content. No changes to the OGO will affect your ability to sell minis, novels, apparel, dice, and other items related to your creations, characters, and worlds. Uh, non-published works, for instance, contracted services, you you use the OGL if you want to publish your works that reference 5th edition content through the SRD. That means commissioned work, paid DM services, consulting, and so on aren't affected by the OGL. Uh, virtual tabletop content, any updates to the OGL will still allow any creator to publish contents on virtual tabletops. It will still allow virtual tabletop publishers to use OGL content. DMs Guild content, the content you release on DMs Guild is published under a community content agreement with, with DMs Guild, and this is not changing. Your OGL 1.0 content, nothing will impact any content you have published under OGL 1.0. That will not. That will always be licensed under OGL 1.0. We talked about that because I, me- I remember mentioning on that episode that I'm not strong on the laws on this, but I wasn't. I couldn't understand how anything that had already been created could then be forced under the new content, the new OGL. Correct. Which sounded like in the original phrasing, in the original drafting, that it was it, they were saying you had to agree to these new terms and it was going to affect everything. Right, and that's how the original draft sounded. That's how they made it sound originally. Uh, there will be no royalty or financial reporting requirements, which is a major walk back from what was on mm, the other. Yes. And your ownership of your content. You will continue to own your content with no license back requirements, which is another major change because the original, because the OGL adjustments uh, were being seen as being them being able to publish your content and make money off your content without yes. giving you anything. Uh, but the big thing coming from this is there is an OGL. The o, there's still going to be an OGL change coming. And it is uh, going to be in some form. It's obviously going to be different from what the draft was. I'm going with the out and thinking that the draft is what they wanted. But I wonder if the draft leak isn't akin to the old New Coke thing where they dropped, you know, New Coke and everybody hated New Coke. So they went, oh, we brought back the original formula, except it wasn't originally the actual original formula because they went, they got, they dumped the cane sugar and went to, uh, corn syrup, but everyone liked it better. So if it's not a kind of marketing ploy to get through as much as they would like to get, uh, if not necessarily everything that they wanted, but Paizo, who's, it was originally a split off, a break off of some original uh, from using the 3.5 rules back in the day and have become their own thing. They are one of the biggest uh, competitors to D&D. They have announced that they are leading a group, creating a new open, uh, perpetual, and irrevocable open RPG creative license called the Orc. Orc. Because the time of the elf is over. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I'm trying. I was trying to remember the quote. I think I think he actually said something. Uh, the 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 age of man. The yeah. age of man is over. The time of the orc has come. Exactly. Uh, form ranks, you maggots. Form ranks. The uh, spears in front, <laughs> archers behind. They have pired now by their own counting with about 1500 content creators uh for the forming of orc uh i'm only going to read you a couple excerpts from their website that they put out on the forming of of orc it's actually much longer we'll include a link in the show notes to it 
but this is their thoughts on the OGL changes. We believe that any interpretation that the OGL 1.0 were intended to be revocable or able to be deauthorized is incorrect, and with good reason. We were there. Paizo owner Lisa Stevens and Paizo president Jim Butler were leaders on the Dungeons & Dragons team at Wizards at the time. Brian Lewis, co-founder of Azora Law, the intellectual property law firm that Paizo uses, was the attorney at Wizards who came up with the legal framework for the OGL itself. Paizo has also worked very closely on OGL-related issues with Brian Dancy, the visionary who conceived the OGL in the first place. We believe, as we always have, that open gaming makes games better, improves profitability for all involved, and enriches the community of gamers who participate in this amazing hobby. And so we invite gamers from around the world to join us as we begin the next great chapter of open gaming with the release of a new open... uh, perpetual and irrevocable open RPG creative license. The Orc will not be owned by Paizo, nor will it be owned by any company who who makes money publishing RPGs. Azora Law's ownership of the process and stewardship should provide a safe harbor against any company being bought, sold, or changing management in the future and attempting to rescind the rights or nullify sections of the license. Ultimately, we plan to find a nonprofit with a history of open source values to own this license, such as the Linux Foundation. So they're going all in on creating this new uh, license and shifting it to a nonprofit to protect it from having any changes put in place in the future. So um, Hasbro and Wizards of the Coast have hurt themselves a lot more uh, then I think they thought would have been the worst case scenario for this going forward. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how this shakes out over the coming year. Yeah, no, this is a, uh, this is very interesting. There's a lot of nice burns in there from Paizo uh, in, ter- in terms of, you know, like we were there 10,000, oh, that's all the Lord of the Rings today, 10,000 years ago. <laughs> yeah. It, it, that That's harsh when the, when the people are going, no, no, we know what the OGL was supposed to be. We wrote it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and obviously the damage of the unsubscriptions uh, hitting the pocketbook of Hasbro, I'm sure, has is, is got a lot of att- perhaps attention from upper management that wasn't maybe particularly necessarily concerned with what the wizard stuff was, you know, leaving that to those particular managers. Uh, my guess, a blind guess, is wizards probably thought, oh, well, no, the new OGL and like the revenue sharing, that's going to be the controversial thing, but it's only going to affect like seven entities, so... Other than the seven competitors, no one's really going to care. But then it turned out like everyone cared. Right. And well, and it's interesting because from a number standpoint, Wizards of the Coast has been one of the most profitable sections of Hasbro in the last several years. It's been a very profitable subdivision. And part of this came, has come about because Wizards of the Coast has had some upper management changes where people left and people from Hasbro came in to take over. So I'm sure that's partially driving a lot of these changes and the hits that Magic got hit with last year that we didn't talk about, but Wizards has been kind of hemorrhaging their fandom in the last year. Well, you'll have to keep us updated on on the future happenings because this isn't over. Oh, no, it, it it is not going away anytime soon. I think it's going to be interesting to see how the surveys turn out, and it's going to be interesting to see how uh, the, the orc uh, turns out and at what point 
Wizards starts filing lawsuits. Yeah. Uh, it's, I, again, there's so much nuance to it. it it's difficult to say. I, I, I think it's too early to say anything like this. This has been a blow to Hasbro, but again, it's like the, the body of Hasbro was destroyed, but it's spirit endured. <laughs> Fled I, into the East. Smoke. I will say, uh, it is interesting that this has blown up so large because non non tabletop gaming related places are talking about this. This is hitting Newsweek. Mm. This is hitting Time Magazine. Well, I heard someone uh, in our in our Discord uh, p- posted uh, uh, something. Uh, I'll paraphrase it. Like, who would have thought I should that my buying of Hasbro stock wasn't going to work out or yeah. something because like their stock's down, right? Yeah, it is. I mean, it it, it has turned into a, a major thing, and it's definitely a body blow for them uh, of their own making. The yeah, irony. It's just it, again, this is a lot like the conversation we had about the Halo thing. It's like there's points where companies don't think about their fans and the people who actually give them the money that they make, and they just try to do things that they think will make more money while not realizing that the people who actually pay for stuff have feelings and thoughts on stuff and might possibly disagree with the routes they choose to go. And then they act shocked when there's blowback. It's like, but but why are these people upset with us? There's a disconnect there that is going to eventually, you would hope, be bridged eventually somebody you would hope would have enough thoughts to go you know what maybe we should have somebody who helps run this who knows who has a business background or who has a creative background but also knows the fandom and knows the people who like this since that is the people that are paying us to continue to do this Mm -hmm. yeah it's a very much a sort of i get this more like golden eye boris i am invincible sort of vibe like they think that their their supporters their purchasers their their customers won't ever pull the plug right and you know again that kind of reminds me of pinball where especially in the pandemic and stuff it was like the, the expression i like to use is you can't lose for trying so where anything people are so hungry and you buy everything good design bad design uh good price bad price everything everything sells right. everything wins you can't lose Everything line go up, line, line go goes up. up, and now when times change, you know things go too far, and people start to draw the line and say, you know what, I'm not all in every single time. And even if you're the biggest, you know, uh, RPG tabletop gaming company in the world, it doesn't mean I don't have other choices, and that you can just do whatever you want to me. And then if sizable numbers do it, all of a sudden it's like these. These uh, these companies or these company heads feel to me feel like they they they're shocked like they thought wait no we we always get to sell like we have this number this is our subscriber base it doesn't get to go down right like it was like it was involuntary and then it's like oh you know what people can walk away it might be hard for them but you push their buttons enough and they'll walk yeah you may you do enough stuff that they see as disagreeable. You can't always get everybody who just forgets that they subscribe to something. I, I will say that Wizards here, I it was wise of them to, like, they 
again, it's happened quick, but they did catch on. Like I've seen others that are just like, it's like turning a train and they just, they, they, there's something happens and it takes them forever to like try and reverse course and turn a direction. Like they clearly responded fairly for, especially for a company as large as Hasbro responded fairly quickly to try and alleviate the concerns. But given that they're still insisting on doing a new OGL, see, once you get this level of pissed, the only real answer in my mind, normally, if you don't want to lose more customers or, or maybe get them back is you have to cave. You basically have to tell the customers, we were wrong. You win. We give up. They're still trying to win. They're still trying to win something. It's like, right. we'll win a, it's a, let's I'm mixing everything. We've done Lord of the Rings. We've done, we've done GoldenEye. Now let's talk, you know, like invasion of the Ukraine where it's like, you know, Putin's like, I don't, you know, maybe we don't need the war anymore. Uh, but I want in writing that I get to keep Crimea. Right. It's like, you're still wanting something, even though you lost, even though you're in the wrong, you still think you deserve something new, something better, something that wasn't yours to have. And they're, they're still in that boat where it's like, we need to have a, a new OGL. And I think their thinking is, if we keep talking about people being playing racist games and stuff, that that'll be enough to get people to support us on the new OGL. It, but that's not, because they're still... There's still other pieces there that look like it's designed to take away creative freedom, healthy creative freedom, not not toxic creative. Freedom. Right. There is a growing uh, uh, call of I've seen in the forums and 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 discords and 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 twitters and everything to have a um, to have a change to the OGL, a very minor change to the OGL. A minor change that says the OGL can never be gotten rid of or changed again, period, dot. Isn't the current one uh, does say that it's perpetual? Yes. But they want say it, it was irrevocable. Exactly. That's that's the only change that people – there's a growing call to have that as the only acceptable change put into the OGL. I'm not surprised. And there's no way Wizards is doing that. No, I don't. I don't think so. Well – we will report more, or you will, because this is your this is your brainchild, the track and chart. But I think that's all we've got for this episode. So that's what I've got. I will tell everyone. Thank you for listening. You can reach out to us, eclecticgamerspodcast at gmail.com, or you can go to facebook.com slash eclectic gamers podcast. You can also go to uh, patreon.com slash eclectic underscore gamers if you'd like to support us through that venue. We're available on Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram as eclectic underscore gamers. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Maybe there'll be more Wizards news. Maybe there'll be more pinball news. Maybe there will always be something video game. So there will always be something there. There's always something happening. But until next time, my name is Dennis. I'm Tony. Goodbye. See ya.